0: You're listening to the Typical Trends Podcast, where we talk about all things mental health, body image, inclusivity, and making conversations around these topics more typical to have. <laughs> Call me Professor by my regular M- name. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Kristen McKinnish, welcome to the Typical Trends Podcast. Thank you. Happy <laughs> to be here. We are typically... Um, in a location that is virtual so I'm excited to be interviewing um at my old college campus actually um I walked in and I was saying to her that I have not been here in three years like literally to the day pretty much I went away for spring break my senior year and I never came back yeah so now here you are here I am reacquainting yourself So, she was my professor for a majority of my classes, and she was my advisor, actually. I love That's right, her. yeah. Um, and she taught a class called the Social and Psychological Aspects of Clothing that she still teaches now, and it was a big kind of eye-opener for me. So, I kind of want to just let you, for the people that want to get to know you, just give me a little bit about who you are, where you live, what you do here, all that fun stuff. Yeah, okay, well
1: happy to have you back although we've been in contact (laughs) since you've left but um, yeah so I actually just celebrated my 20th year here at the University which um, you know gives everybody an inkling of how old I am (laughs) but this was never in the cards to be here for this long so if we we rewind just slightly um, I have over 16 years of of industry experience 10 of which was with Bloomingdale's and um, worked in Manhattan, worked in the corporate offices, traveled, um, at the time they had 23 stores, traveled to all 23 stores, worked with individuals in the stores, opened new stores, worked in the store, not perhaps my favorite part of the, mm-hmm. of the world, but um, you know, kind of worked up the ranks, quote unquote, was known as a Bloomy's baby, came right out of college and planned to continue <clears throat> that route and then 9-11 happened. And when I share this story with students now, most of them weren't even born then, which mm-hmm. is so crazy. Um, so, but their parents are, so they can kind of relate to me. But that was a game changer for me. But I was at a point where I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I only knew um, the industry um, from you know working before I got into college, through college, studying in college, and then you know when I became a big girl and graduated and worked um, out in the real world, um, and then that happened. No one in my you know circle, so to speak. Um, was, um, you know, impacted in terms of, you know, in, in the World Trade Center or working in Manhattan, in that area during that time. And I was not, I was in one of the stores in Jersey, but it made me realize, oh my gosh, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of frightening because that's all I ever knew. So, you know, I, I did a little bit of soul searching and spoke to a few people and whatnot, and my um, connection came back to here um just a side note that i'm an alum of the school you knew that right yeah yeah okay um so i'm I'm an alum of of the college so i came back here i was hired you actually just met my boss on your Mm -hmm. way in um before my my original boss um and i was hired to run the student activities program which was a big change for me because i was you know really used to those you know um, insane retail hours schedule and whatnot So I came here. It was almost like a a shell shock to me when I came here, but I loved it. So that was the plan. Stay here for a couple years. I came. I went for my master's, just stay here for a few years and then just kind of, you know, scoot out. Um, And then I was approached like I think it was like in 2006 by someone in the program. I wasn't doing anything with the program and they were like, we need your help we need you to teach this one class. One, the professor that used to teach it for us, they just picked up and left. Like, we need you. And I was like, oh, no, I don't think I can do this. Like, so, you know, concerned. And then I was like, no, I, you know what? I think I can. And this so is just for the fashion program? This was just for the fashion okay. program, fashion buying, um, which continues to be one of my favorite courses that I teach. So they were like, you can you teach it? And I'm like, I, yeah, I was questioning myself. Like, I don't think I can teach this. But I did, um, and that has the longest running title of the classes that I teach mm-hmm. here. Um, so it was just kind of interesting that then, so I was adjuncting, I was working full time doing the job that I was hired to do, and then at night I would come over here and I would teach. Mm-hmm. And then that turned into, oh, Kristen, can you do another class for us? And then it was three classes and I'm like, I, oh my gosh, I'm, <laughs> this, is more, than a size, this <laughs> is more than a side hustle. Yeah. Um, and then I was asked a few years um, into it, if i would consider jumping the fence so to speak from staff to faculty to full time and i was like yes and then that's where it is so i've been teaching um you know i think full-time since 2010 um but the part-time adjunct thing since 06 so i'm here a long time and just celebrating my 20 years but i'm telling you if you told me this is where I would be. Like if I had a crystal ball or I opened a fortune cookie and this is, I would say absolutely not. You never saw yourself
0: being a teacher? No way.
1: Don't like speaking in front of people (laughs) at all. Like, so it's just kind of ironic. Like when, when I worked in retail and we would have to like, I say this to my students all the time. I would have to present to the CEO, the president of the company. Like it wasn't just like, you know, it was like heavy stuff that you were involved in. I would get like, oh, like my neck would blotch. I would, I would be nervous. My dry mouth, it was so crazy. So if you, if I knew this, I would say no way am I going to be doing that.
0: Did you ever kind of wish that you were doing it at like a different age level or you like the college level?
1: I like the college level. I do because it's like because
0: of this, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're young adults, yeah. (laughs) Because they're young
1: adults, and you just you don't realize the impact that you have on an individual's life in such a critical point in their life, Mm -hmm. which is so cool. And I don't, you don't realize that when you're in it. Yeah. Um, But I, you know, one of the things I love most about this job is the connection I have to the students, and that it doesn't stop when it's just it's not just here. It, you know, if the bond is strong enough, which it is with a lot of students, it that connection stays. Yeah,
0: well, that's also mostly in part of you, though. It's not just something that it doesn't. Because again, like, I have like professors that when I was here that, like, yeah, it was great, but like, I wouldn't continue yeah. it on the outside. Not, they're not teaching the on a bar <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have an appointment after this. And, uh, how did you, um, when it came to you starting, did you kind of think about what it was like when you were going through school? Did you have any of those relationships with any of your, like your professors no. when I was in, uh, when you were in school
1: maybe one but not no there was that clear distinction that hierarchy so to speak of you know faculty and student yeah you think
0: that kind of made you want to be like more involved with your students because you didn't really have that
1: I don't know if it did. I think it's just kind of, you know, who I am. I mean, that, that was my work philosophy as well when I was in, you know, um, out in the real world, so to speak, that um, not that, you know, had that like friendship bond, but, you know, tried to have that level of respect and that camaraderie with the people that you work with, work for and that, you know, also work for you just to kind of have that type of approach. And I guess that kind of I carried that with me and it you yeah. know shows it kind of oozes.
0: What do you kind of take into approach with your students that you feel like you do because you've seen other professors not do it or that you like do it because you've seen them do it? Like what's something that you kind of take into consideration with your students that you feel like either makes you different or the same as well, professors? Well, most
1: of my students, you know, I think when they first have me, they're like, oh my gosh, like, is this one for real? <laughs> <laughs> like, She's hardcore. But I always tell Just them- Just a little. Think- <laughs> But I always tell them like the story of like when I used to work in Manhattan and every day I took the 710 train from the same train station. I parked my car in the same parking spot. I saw this. I stood on the same space in the platform. I sat in the same seat, same car, same train conductor Mm -hmm. every day for years. And you know, one time I was running late, and I knew the train conductor because you saw them every day. And I was like, "He'll hold the train for me." And as I was like running up the platform, they just blew their whistle, and they just were like, "Hey, have a good day." And as the doors closed, and I was like, "No, no, no," um, and I'm like, "Listen, like you know, um, I'll start off hard, and then I, you know, kind of lighten, soften up just a little bit, but." Um, I almost, you know, I feel like in a way I have an obligation to the student, even if they're a first-year student, so even if they're only 18 years old, I still have an obligation for them to know, like, listen, especially this industry, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's not
0: gonna wait for you to be like, okay, are you ready? I like, feel like even especially as a first-year student, for though, sure. too, that's yeah. like a big, because I, like, I feel like you had like a five-minute rule and then the door shut type yeah, of thing, right? I still have that rule. Yeah, and it was always <laughs> like, when I started taking classes with you, I always said, like, when my parents would ask you oh, how's your professors? And whenever my friends, and, like, because I had so many friends that went to different schools and we'd always, like, talk about our professors, I would always say with you, she's a hard ass, but I love her for it because it's, like, she's a hard ass because she's done it and she knows it and she wants you to get it in a way that you can apply it in real life. Like, you're not a teacher that's, like, okay, here's your definition and study this, take a test, and then you forget it. Like, you constantly, like, went back and, like, made sure that we grasp it in a sense that we can apply it going forward and, like, other classes that I had with you, whenever, which it made me okay with the fact that you were a hard-ass yeah. because I was, like, it's all for good reason. And, like, yeah. you are very available and whatever else. So it was, like, always, like, that good balance. And I feel like that's why, like, I really resonated with the way that you taught. And then I feel like even now going into a completely different field that I still like remember a lot of it. And most of my life I did do retail. And then after graduating, I did more retail and I was an executive manager at Macy's and whatever else. And it was stuff that I took with me because it was like ingrained in me in a way that it had made sense to use in my career, not just like, okay, take a test and forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's good
1: to hear. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, um, it, it, it's so important to, to your point, like, you know, they, they, I always say to the student, you have a level of responsibility here. It's not, it's, and, and, and I know a lot of people think this way, you know, like we shouldn't, I shouldn't be caring more about your success, you you have skin in the game here. You you've got to be able to, to to understand. You have a level of responsibility here, um, but yeah, I, I I've been known to have a you know a stereotype of being a little a little a little tough um, in the classroom, but that's okay. Like I tell my students, I you know this this may or may not be your favorite class, but I'm going to guarantee you're going to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. You buy that textbook, you you rent the ebook, whatever however you get the materials, you'll use it. It's not just yeah. you know um all glitz and glamour like it's it's there's a lot of textbook theory to the stuff that we mm-hmm. learn. it's not
0: you know all just because there's a lot of stuff in the real world when it comes to like retail that it is like you have to know what this means like even like i don't know if like definition wise but like you have to know what it means in you order need the theory, to speak about it or sure. whatever. yeah like for it's stuff sure. that's applicable and i feel like that's why i like the balance of you though because it was like you were very you're very passionate about how you teach it and it comes across as, like, because I know, not because, like, I just want you to do it. And because, mm-hmm. you know, you have some professors that they're kind of they are a little bit more of like a hard ass. And you kind of sometimes you just kind of get like, OK, why are they like this? Though? Like they could say it in a different way. They could be a little bit nicer. But for you, I never took it as you could be nicer. It's because you're passionate about it because, you know, like you get it. And again, if people are in the, some of the, I mean, some of them are like electives, but then other ones aren't, it's for the degree. Right. And if you're in the class for that degree, like, listen yeah. to me. Like, I've done it. Like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. And I always say that,
1: like, you know, the classes that you take within your field of concentration, your field of study, should be the most challenging ones. You know nothing against anything. That's you know the liberal arts core, the requirements to the core of every program. Nothing. I mean, those are absolutely essential. But those aren't the ones that are supposed to like send you into tizzy. Yeah. They yeah. they should be challenging, but not the on the top of the pile. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I mean sometimes they they, they don't like it when I <laughs> well yeah <laughs> when but. I say that, but it's it, you know it's it's you know you want to get something out of it, and I think college for. A lot of people, it's more personal um, for them, and um, you know, you can. I always say, like, I can't um, light, you know, create that spark inside or that fire or that hunger. Yeah. You, you know, I can, I can help it, you know, um, y- along the way, but I can't initiate it. That yeah. has to come from you. Um, and I, I hope sometimes, you know, a lot of times that my teaching does that mm-hmm. for them in the
0: classroom. I would say it did for me well, anyway. That's good but. to hear. <laughs> so I kind of put, actually on my way here, I literally posted a little thing in my story. I was like, going to interview the woman who's basically a big part of why I started oh, all of my, this. So a lot of pressure No here. pressure or anything. But <laughs> the reason behind what kind of made me thinking in the way that created something like that I'm doing now was your class, the social and psychological aspects of clothing. Yeah. What is that class about?
1: It's one of my favorite classes. I I didn't pick um, that class. Like normally we have our area within um, our department. You have your areas of expertise and there's certain classes that you teach. You might have to kind of pick one up that um, you may not have taught before. You might create a new class with content and stuff like that. But this was one that I basically inherited when um, a very senior um, Uh, faculty member in the program that was here very very long time she retired so um, she was like you you should be teaching this so um, it's a really big scary title um, and I don't think you know many times the students that enter it they have any idea what they're about to embark on but it I feel like I say this with a lot of my classes it goes down as one of my favorites Mm -hmm. um, because I still feel that I'm still learning on that topic so it looks at dress in the the most the broadest way you could imagine, because most of us think of dress as just clothing, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's, it's, it talks really in depth about body modifications, body supplements, mm-hmm. temporary, permanent um, products and processes. Of course, clothing and apparel and accessories are a big part of it, but it also goes into things like coloring your hair, grooming practices, um, prosthetics hearing aids, contacts, makeup, no makeup, mouthwash, mm-hmm. um, certain colors of certain garments, wearing um, any type of jewelry that signifies um, religious beliefs, even you know uh, in a committed relationship or things like that. Um, but it really talks about the communicative component of our dress, thinking, again, not just clothing. Um, and then we mix in there the social component Culture, religion plays a big role in it. Um, the psychological component, it's just, it's its a fascinating course. Yeah. I, I i love it and when <laughs> and I teach it, I'm like, I could talk all day about this and sometimes I just get blank stares and I'm like, I, apparently you're not as excited as I am. <laughs> but I love it because it, it has allowed me through the years of teaching it um, and continuing to learn more about stuff, you, there's, a reason, there's always a reason. Mm-hmm for why people dress, again, not just clothing, um, the way they do, and I find that fascinating. Really, really fascinating.
0: How often do you encounter stuff in that class with things about non-binary and gender fluid clothing and like how you said you're always kind of learning like what have you learned through that class when it comes to that kind of stuff well
1: it's interesting and I think that that is a major area of opportunity to explore within the course itself Mm -hmm. um that the textbook I think just I guess within the past few years that I use um had a recent update and now keep in mind that new editions of textbooks, um, whether you get the physical copy or you get the e-version of it. Um, it's not like they're updated, like the authors don't update them
0: (laughs) every year. You
1: know, it's, it, it takes a little bit longer, but, um, I feel that, and I've said this, um, I think to your class, especially in the class that I taught after you folks, um, graduated. It was that I feel that this is an area that really needs to be explored and included within the context of this book and this course. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it doesn't dip into it um, as much. I mean, the, the version that I have. And again, um, I, I believe a new one um, is due to be released or, or, or maybe it just recently has been. But um, that's a huge area of opportunity. And um, you know whether you fit into that category or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, you know, something that um, really should be explored because, again, dress and not just clothing is a way that we, especially Americans, express ourselves. Mm-hmm. From from the graphics that's on the T-shirt to the color, to the luxury brand that you know you display on your handbag to um, so many other things to the scent that you choose to wear that day mm-hmm. to the to the decision of showering to be taking a shower or not it's all part of what you do to quote unquote get dressed every mm-hmm. single day um, and Americans find it they're very closely connected to expression of themselves and most of that happens in the way that we dress where in other countries and other cultures they may not necessarily yeah. be able to do that. So I think that that is a, an area um, that um, the next time I, I offer the course is, you know, an area that I have to fold into because, um, the, it, you know, I don't want to say it's gaining popularity, but um, it, it, it's, it's part of a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Um, and also to creating a level of awareness mm-hmm. for other people that may not are necessarily exposed to that or, you know, have... Um, you know, anyone close to them where it applies or even in a professional world or whatnot. Um, But I think that that's a huge area of opportunity within this
0: course. Because we've spoken about too, that my older sibling um, identifies as non-binary. One of the biggest pieces that kind of come with that was when they first kind of came to terms with it and, you know, was starting to share it with people was, what the hell do I wear? Because it's either women's clothing or it's men's clothing. Women's clothing is too tight on me. I don't like that it accentuates my shape. I don't like this, this, and this. And then you get a men's clothing and it's super boxy. Too it's boxy. all too big. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of this because I follow a couple different people, um, like on Instagram and everything, that are non binary, yeah. gender fluid. And they all post about there needs to be more gender inclusive clothing. Yes. And it's something that obviously it's going to be this industry that does it. <laughs> so do you have students in your class that bring up topics related to it or you don't really see it a lot with your students?
1: I don't, I don't see it so much now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting because I teach another course that I have a a mixture of, it's not just fashion students and social responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I, um, have a couple of different students from different areas of study on campus and it seems to be more, um, of a discussion in that class because, we, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a broader pool of students that we're pulling, which I love, um, but we've been just recently talking about that and then, you know, the designer or the brand's responsibility to make sure that they are true to that mission mm-hmm. um, of, of their line and actively promoting it and, um, you know, a nice broad level of representation um, but I see it more there yep. than I'm seeing it in some of my fashion classes. Do you
0: have students that identify with like other pronouns or, um, like just like how they like, again, cause I, I've, especially since Taylor kind of came out as non-binary, I've tried to be more mindful with not assuming people's genders and how they identify, like trying to be, again, cause I try to be kind and say, thank you, sir. Or thank you, miss. Right. And I've been trying to be better with not saying that. And then also when it comes to even just saying, like, you guys, just say, like, For sure. all of you. That's like, really hard. I yeah. Be, yeah. It, it, it's it's something that would be,
1: you know, roll off your tongue mm-hmm. so often that um, it's like you need a little check. Like, yeah. you, you, you have to, like, stop yourself. Um, I think I told you the last time you and I had lunch just a few weeks ago. So I was doing a routine um, thing as a faculty member and filling out forms and submitting them and, and giving a recap of students' um performance thus far in the semester and normally that doesn't take me very long. I won't say a blow through it in 20 minutes. Uh-huh. I, I take the time to fill out each one with care but this time it took me um, you know well past two hours and I was like oh my god what's and I, I realized I spent a lot of time making sure I wasn't saying he or she mm-hmm. and and I had to go back and reread it and um it, it's it's it, it's just something that I think eventually I'll get better at yeah. um, but it was hard. it's hard it's, being it's you that know, I have to it's, I have to catch myself yeah um, I mean
0: being that it's more so like my age group that kind of grew up in it and is something that like we're learning to again because it is like a new way of kind of speaking, and new mm-hmm. way of addressing people. How do you kind of educate yourself on all that kind of stuff, being that it's not as prevalent for like your age group as it is for mine?
1: Right. So, you know, obviously Gen Zers, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's very much, um, you know, a part of um, everyday life for them, I think. You know, it's interesting because I teach this one freshman class and um, or the basis of the class is networking. So we want them to get comfortable and understand that networking opportunities are around them all the time. And to do that, um, we, I have them do a round of interviews. So the first set of interviews is with someone within their field of study. That's an upperclassman. They take a next step into then reaching out to an alum in the pro from the program Mm -hmm. and interviewing them. Then they take a big leap and then they interview an industry professional. That's not from the school, so they're really kind of breaking yeah. themselves out of the comfort zone. And when we were we were, they they get the whole round of what the series of interviews are and the expectations, and then um, I say, okay, as a class, I want you to develop the questions that you're all going to ask. Mm-hmm. And um, it was interesting because right on the top of the list was like, okay, let's can we talk about icebreakers before we really get into the meat of the interview and it the pronoun was like one of the first ones yeah. so it's almost like second nature so i feel in a way that the the one of the easiest ways for me to get accustomed and, and to learn is from the students that I teach every single day. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really matter if they're junior, senior level, um, because it's, it's, it's spread across, but, um, freshmen for sure, yeah. because you know, they're, they're a little bit younger, but that's really, you know, they, I feel like that's they're like my reality check sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know it's 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 by seeing them and hearing them and i'm like okay yeah okay i have to remind myself i feel like
0: your position like your job is one of the best to be in as far as staying on top of things like that as well like being exposed to it mm-hmm. because i feel like if you were in like even just if you were in your other job as being a you know a buyer and whatever else sure it wouldn't be something as prevalent no. to you as it is now and you wouldn't be like exposed to that right And I think it's super cool that like that kind of conversation is happening and the whole pronoun thing is something that is becoming more that you see all over the place a lot of people are getting you know the name tags that say please identify as me as they them or that kind of stuff any job applications like even now when I'm looking it's like my placements for field or whatever everything on there asks it now it says female male non-binary or other yes and it's something that I feel like especially in this industry that you teach your students about with expression and everything that comes with fashion as a whole, it's such a big piece of what they're going to have to be prepared for and they have to be aware of.
1: Yes, and listen, brands and companies and, you know, um, communities and whatnot that, you know, say we're all inclusive and they have a diversity and, you know, um, statement and clause and a mission statement and say, like, we welcome you to shop here, support us, work here, mm-hmm. regardless of who you are, regardless of who or what you are. Mm-hmm. It, they, that's that's a big um, step. That that's a big thing for them to claim that they do. Yeah. So they have to do it. You got to be consistent with it. But I think again,
0: they do a good job of it.
1: I think they're getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that um, you know, again, you can't make that statement and not practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I think they're getting better. But you know, and I think that if if they're they're a little slow to kind of catch up <laughs> with the with the speed of everything else or, um, you know, there's a lot of checkpoints where you've got individuals saying, wait, hold up. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, kind of reminding us, I like those reality checks because I I need them sometimes, but I think my students for sure, especially the younger group, um, are very, uh, it's natural to them. It's not natural to me yet. I'm still trying to get, you know, um, used to that and, um, I'm getting much better, but, uh, yeah, I think they're the best, the best source of, you know, um, influence right now. I guess you can say to kind of get me, yeah. you know, where I need to be or where I should be.
0: So, out of being a professor, you're also a mother. Yes. To the beautiful Miss Little <laughs> Adeline. Yeah. Adeline. Yeah, I don't How know. old is she? She just turned 11. Oh my God. Yeah. I know. She's she's getting big. So, as far as you know, your eye opening with your students to topics like this and raising a daughter. Do you ever kind of speak with her about the things that you teach in that class and like the conversations that you have?
1: Yeah, sometimes. You know, it, 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 it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, it's if you, when you're talking about like a, a family dynamics and family structure, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, you know, we frequently, and we've done this for a while, you know, it it's, may not always be a mom and a dad. Maybe a mom and a mom, or a dad and a dad, or maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we have to kind of tread lightly because, you know, it's, 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 it is it's it's is confusing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll sometimes say, well, someone may have been born a girl or born a boy, but they don't feel like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you kind of have to strip it down and kind of um, get really basic, but not... Um, I guess, overwhelm them with information where it's too difficult to process. So um, we've had those conversations with her, you know, um, sometimes it'll spark questions, sometimes not. You know, sometimes she'll say, oh, mom, I know that, you know, I saw someone today or someone at school um, that I know, you know, they're a girl, they were born a girl, but they don't dress like a girl. Mm -hmm. Does that automatically mean that this? you know, that this is the situation. Yeah. So they, it, it's, they're definitely exposed to it, yeah. um, which is good. Um, and um, it sometimes will spark a question or not. But, I, you know, sometimes as a parent, you have to, you know, really have that, you know, balance of, you know, um, keeping in mind that their brain is not fully developed until yeah. <laughs> their legal age of drinking, at least, right, uh-huh. if not further. Um, and what what is enough for them to be able to absorb and process and not overwhelm, um, but understand that like if you've got more questions, you can kind of come back to home base, and we can kind of yeah. you know talk through. It. it was recently a couple years ago, um, or maybe it wasn't. It was, I guess it was somewhat recent, within the past year or so. Um, she was saying, you know, kids at her school were saying something like, um, "Oh, if you like rainbows, you're gay." I'm like, hold up. Okay, let's let's look. You know. I'm like, okay, a rainbow symbolizes a lot of things, but let's talk about some of the things that we know that it symbolizes mm-hmm. and, and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, like it, it it's, you know, understanding, you know, like when the word gay comes up, uh, you know, I'm I'm big on like, do you understand what that means? Because mm-hmm. I, always, I always say to Joe, like, if, if she hears these words or if she uses them, she needs to know what they mean. Yeah. Um, And there's been some funny stories over the past few months of words that I'm like, I'm sorry, where did you hear that? And how old (laughs) was the person that told you that? Where I'm like almost shocked, but I'm like very open with her. Like, do you know what that means? Let me tell you what that means. Because you you should, if you're hearing it, um, I don't want you saying it, (laughs) but if you hear it, I want you to make sure you know the proper word, uh, the meaning of it. But yeah, um... You know, I think it's like going back to understanding, you know, that how that word is used and how it's misused. Mm-hmm. And you need to make sure you, you understand what it what it means. But um, no, I wouldn't say that, you know, she's heard the word gay, mm-hmm. um, you know, many times misused. And again, um, some students, whether they're the same age, younger or older, um, you know, uh, making assumptions of things and saying it in a way that um, it's bad. Mm mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. Then, that's you know, so gay. Is yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And I'm
1: thankful that she, you know, was comfortable enough to be like, can I tell you what I heard on the bus? Like sometimes I'm like, oh no, damn <laughs> that bus. Um, but, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that she, you know, is, 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 you know, moved to be like, can I ask you this? Can I share this with you? Which is wonderful.
0: At um, what like kind of age do you think it's like too young to kind of, be harping on that kind of stuff and you know when do you think that you guys will kind of have more like you and your husband will have more of like conversations as far as as you learn more about it and then also kind of teaching her yeah that's a
1: tough one i don't know like because i I feel
0: like i see so often that there's this whole thing about like pushing it on kids and i'm a very you know i'm not at the point like with tim like that yet but we've talked about like if we were to have kids are you going to have a gender reveal are you going to have like all that kind of stuff and i'm very I would address my child the way that they were born and then when they get to an age where they can understand it and understand how they're feeling I would have a discussion with them and allow them to identify however they want mm. but have them be at an age where they can understand what that means and be comfortable enough and not just say it but understand it and feel it right, like yeah, I'm right. not going to be somebody who's going to be like I'm not going to give my my child the gender from their birth and whatever else I'm going to leave that up to them because I feel like there's a lot of People in the world that are on the flip side, and they're so cautious about not gendering their child that they are born, and they're so confused because a lot of people don't feel that way. So, what do you think as far as like kids and learning that is a good age?
1: Right. Like, don't buy don't buy me all pink garments. Don't buy me blue. Just buy me like you know tan, yellow, gray, and stuff like that.
0: Or like not saying like this is my little girl, and she grows up not hearing that. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a tough one. I think what I've learned, you know, through (laughs) through the years is that. everybody's got their own parenting style Mm -hmm. um and you you know it's it's like you know joe and i say all the time we are rookies here we we have you know we're a party of three and um you know it's just you you really hope and pray that you're like you know raising them um the 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 way that you feel um they're going to be the best version of themselves that they can be but that's a real tough one because everybody kind of you know it's like what's good for this is not good for that one and um you know it's just you know we just have that um we really try to cultivate that um atmosphere of you know being as supportive as we can um you know you know of her and then you know having that openness um, and that comfort level of you know talking um with us to you know kind of if there's questions or things like that, but yeah. you know, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's 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 a slippery slope. Like you don't, I don't want to go there and, and talk about certain things with her. If I'm like, ooh, I think that's like, you know, like yeah. right now, there's a lot of questions about. You know, how does a woman get pregnant and like yeah. stuff like that, of course, right? And, you know, I'll say, like, I think 11. You know, we're, yeah. talk, we're not talking 11 and three quarters, we talking like just turned 11, yeah. right? Like, ah, there's a lot of details in there. Yeah. So I don't think that, you know. I don't think like, you wanna know. Yeah, honey. Like, I'm like, I don't know about that. But um, you know, it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's just. I think it's—it's it's not a one-size-fits-all approach yep. here. Mm-hmm. And I think that—and um, by no means do I consider myself an expert. We just do what we do based on, you know, uh, you know, our own you know feelings and 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 you know the dynamics of our of our family. But um, there's some. Many people think that this is a one-size-fits-all. It's really not. Mm-hmm. And and um, you know, I think. One of the most things you can most important things you can do is just to have that trust you know factored into that those dynamics of the relationships and that they understand that you know that if they aren't comfortable talking to you that there's someone that they, they, they should they could talk yeah. to um, even if it's just a question or mm-hmm. a feeling or something like that. So I'd like to think that you know' we're, um, we're doing pretty decent in that category. Mm-hmm. I hope we
0: are. Um, From what, what I see on it's Facebook, she hard. seems like a good kid. <laughs> she's a good, she's a good egg. And she took my tie dye shirt for my project. That's so right. I mean, that's that's good... right. She loves that shirt.
1: <laughs> she's like mommy's student made this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. I feel like it's very much like I agree. It definitely is like a one size. It isn't a one size fits all because it depends on your beliefs and it depends on who you are as parents yeah. and how you grew up and what you're exposed to and all that kind of stuff. So and I your own like, comfort level too. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah. be
1: let's be honest. Uh, I think
0: the most that you can do is just make your child aware that we're here for questions we're here for conversations like we're here for all that kind of stuff and you know just knowing who you are I know that that's something that you're you're huge on and just like providing that type of comfort so I can't even imagine how much better it is as being your daughter but I hope so I hope so My last question that I have for you is when it comes to taking into consideration the idea of, because of the fact that your class was a big inspiration to me, um, the the social and psychological aspects of clothing, if you were to kind of put out there into the world, I like to end all my things with like, "What's a big if people could just listen to this and the world it could change the world?" What would oh you kind of say? This is so much what I would know. be your <laughs> What would be your general advice for people, um, whether it be about their place in society or how they view themselves in their bodies when it comes to the aspects that you cover in that class? If you could kind of just like throw a blanket statement out there for people to kind of like listen to and realize, what would it be?
1: I think the way that we <clears throat> present ourselves <clears throat> on the outside um, is a direct connection on how we feel on the inside mm-hmm. and um, the way we dress again, not just clothing, um, the um, the emotional component of this, the psychological component of this is so strong yeah. and um, it says a lot about an individual um, and we also, we didn't talk about, but I know I spent a lot of time in class talking about this, is that we have our ideal self that's up here. Mm-hmm. I how, remember that in your class. Yeah, and I just talked to my folks and my, uh, my students in the consumer behavior class the other day, we spent a lot of time talking about this, is that how I want to be, how I want to see myself. And I think the pressures of um, today's society is just it's, it's just so much, it's Mm -hmm. so intense. Some people are able to kind of block that out and other, not so much. Um, and then I think we've got that ideal image that we want others to see us. Um, and I think that, um, in that case, when we get so caught up in that, it's like, we're not being true to the the person that we really are, right. and um, I think that that I guess I can't really put it in some catchy slogan <laughs> phrase. There's a lot of pressure here, but <laughs> um, I would say that you know it's it's just to you know how you are on the inside it can be you know um, expressed so much through how we present ourselves. Again, mm-hmm. not just our clothing, but what we do to our bodies in order to quote unquote get dressed. Um, and I think that's a really awesome thing. To be able to to do that, um, you know, in some situations it's it, it could be a red flag or an indicator that they that you know an individual could could need some help and some some support in in certain areas. And it's just you know we live in a country where we're able to um, you know express ourselves um, in terms of our dress. Uh, in in a it's really cool. And again, mm-hmm. and there's other. Um, individuals and groups of people and and countries where they do not have that um, liberty to be able to freely express who they are but um, I, I'd like for people to be able to really realize that the way that they present themselves is um, a wonderful opportunity to be able to share a little bit about of who they are on the yeah. inside which is really cool
0: yeah you know I love that it, like your class definitely made me think more about what goes into it and I feel like so many people here like if you're having a bad day just getting ready will help you. And it sounds, like, so stupid and so simple, but sometimes things don't have to be that complicated. Right. Like, your class kind of, like, really opened that up for me because it could be something as little as, like, just brushing your teeth and washing mm-hmm, your face. Mm-hmm. But on the days where you really don't feel good enough to do that, that seems like the biggest chore in the world. Yeah. So if you're taking that as part of, like, your everyday dress, so to speak, mm-hmm. and taking care of yourself as far as that goes – it is a big piece and it will show on the outside in some way, whether it's your self-confidence or your better mood for the day or whatever. So it's such a cool like pairing of things and I love yeah. that your class kind of covered all of also that.
1: Also, too, if you look and you're studying psychology, the psychology of color is mm-hmm. huge.
0: Yep. It like is, I wear all black all the time. Yeah, so <laughs> Yeah.
1: It's just there's so much meaning behind what the choices that we make mm-hmm. and not just on clothing. And then again, if you peel that away and you look at other cultures, well, you know why do women wear the hijab? Mm-hmm. What you know, I mean, like we had a student that graduated a few years ago that used to come back and and, and be a guest lecturer in this class and would share everything about um, why she dresses that way and, and and how difficult it was for her when mm-hmm. she worked for a top designer in Manhattan um, designing um, their children um, uh, children's line and um, she said after nine eleven it was it was it was very difficult it was yeah. very very difficult and how I was being judged. She's like, you know, I was born here. I love this country. Um, and I'm so thankful that I live here. And But how I was being judged on my dress. And I mean, we are humans. We do that every single day. I mean, some yeah. people make a sport out of that. That's their yep. favorite pastime. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just, it, it's such an indicator of who we are. And if we really use that as a means of expression, um, that's so cool. Yeah. That we're able to do that. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, thank you so much ah! for sitting down with my me. My podcast debut. I- <laughs> It's such a pleasure, and I'm so happy that I've been able to kind of still have have this relationship oh, with you I'm so and thankful that
1: we're still connected, me for sure. Too.
0: And I just want to say thank you for, um, you know, everything that you teach and how you teach it and oh. the type of person that you are. Um, everything that you kind of taught me has really resonated with me, and I love that it's kind of turned into something like this where I help other people kind of work through the things that you kind of talked about. So thank you. So cool. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.